I was reading the description of what a three was, it was funny because as I pressed submit on the survey, my thought was, am I going to get the best type? And what are other people going to think of my type, right? Yeah. And so whenever I read the summary, I was like, yep, that's about right. Kelsey Taylor. And today on the show, we have two Enneagram type threes that I am very excited to introduce you to. Brandon Griggs is the assistant vice president and dean of student affairs at AM Central Texas. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do for fun? Yeah. So uh, I'm Brandon Griggs and I've been at AM Central Texas for 12 years and it's been quite the journey. I love working there. Um, but a little bit about me. I have uh, four kiddos, a gracious wife, and I tend to have um, a lot of hobbies, some excessive hobbies my wife would probably uh, describe. I compete in Ironman events. Um, I also love to paint. So I'm very creative. At Texas A&M University Central Texas, I oversee all campus life functions, student support, academic support. So testing, tutoring, study abroad, campus life activities, career services, kind of all those different offices. And so I've been there for 12 years and it's a new institution, which is amazing because we've been able to literally build the institution. Um, I've seen all of the buildings go up on the campus. Um, I've been able to implement all of those offices. So it's been a challenge. Um, I'm not gonna say any of it's been easy by any means, um, but it's been a challenge, but one that I have found just incredibly rewarding. Okay, yes, rewarding is the exact word I was thinking to describe this experience of watching the overall process of something, you know, growing from start to finish. That is incredible. Our second guest is Megan Johnston, who recently transitioned into the role of vice president at the Joiner firm. Megan, thank you also for joining the show today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do for fun? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So I just started this business, the Joiner Firm with my sister, and that is my focus now. I've been an entrepreneur for about 13 years now with my husband. He is amazing. We have three kids. We live in Salado, Texas. What I love to do for fun, I just, we have a great community around us. I love being with our friends, hanging out, cooking out, chilling out at the pool. And um, we do a lot of that over the summer. My job in the Joiner firm is to connect with healthcare organizations. I don't know a whole lot about the actual industry. And so I'm learning there are consultants out there that haven't had the most personal support. And I'm excited to be that for people. And I'm excited to make the relationships with the healthcare organizations. But to wrap it up, I would say excited, but extremely <laughs> nervous because it feels really new. I am so excited for you. That sounds like such a fun adventure. And man, I just know you're going to kill it. You're going to be amazing. So now that we have an idea of what each of you do, I'd love to know a little bit more about what you enjoy most about your job. Brandon? Yeah. So at the institution, there's about 400 employees and we all have a lot of really good ideas of how do we move the institution forward. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in a unique position, I think, where I'm able to collaborate with a lot of people across campus and help my staff collaborate with a lot of people across campus. Since I've been there, we've done everything from implement, you know, what was the mascot going to be? What was the class ring going to be? Implement a, uh, kind of a human performance lab and fitness center on campus. And so being able to push or move the institution forward has been just extremely rewarding. And as I said before, it has, has not always been easy, but 
um, I think just being a part of it and seeing it grow has been um, incredible. That's awesome. Megan, you kind of mentioned that being relational and that relational connection was something that was really exciting. What else would you say that you're excited about? Um, what excites me is, um, building something new. You know, my job has been being an entrepreneur, really. Um, it's not what I studied in school, but it's what I've come to love. And so, um, the thing I love the most about it is me being in charge of my schedule, um, is really, really a blessing. The other thing I love, I just love that, like I see as an entrepreneur and I'll say that kind of labeling me more than just vice president of the joiner firm is that I see opportunities everywhere. Okay. Yes. I hear you both saying that there's opportunities and like this love for starting new things. And I think the entrepreneurial spirit is very common with a lot of type threes, but I am curious, Brandon, how do you know that you are type three? Like beyond taking an assessment or a test that kind of tells you, how would you explain to someone else that you just know that you're a type three? So uh, I'm not sure if you had this reaction, but kind of going back to the assessment a little bit, um, whenever I was reading the description of what a three was, it was funny because as I pressed submit on the survey, my thought was, am I going to get the best type? And what are other people going to think of my type? Right. And so whenever I read the summary, I was like, yep, that's about right. Right. Like I agree with this. I think overall for me, it's all about what are the audacious goals, the high level, high risk, high challenging goals out there that could be accomplished? Take Ironman, for example, right? I think initially, you know, I thought, wow, an Ironman, like that's incredible. That's amazing. Like, why not do that? And my wife was like, you want to do what? Like, why would you want to do that? And so for me, it's, um, I have this constant need to drive things and to be driven and to accomplish things. And so that aligned very well with what the achiever, the Enneagram three is. That's, you know, I think the very easiest way for me to really explain it. Oh, that's so good. Megan, how about you? How would you say that you just know that you're a type three and do you relate to anything that Brandon said? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the way that I knew I was a three was when I read the things about a three that I didn't like, but knew were me. You know, I'm like, oh, that gives me like that feeling in my stomach that's like, I don't like I don't like that, but that is me, you know? So I would say that, you know, one of them is just pressure to measure my worth by my achievements. That's the easiest way I knew I was a three, unfortunately, but I love reading about threes and their health. You know, like when they are healthy and aligned with God, it's like, yes, I love that number. I'm proud to be that number, you know? So how I knew initially absolutely was when I read those things that I did not like so much and just could not deny that truth in my life. So the core desire of the type three is to be successful, admired, to appear valuable. So Brandon, how would you explain this core desire to someone who may not be familiar with the Enneagram? Great question. I think, you know, for some people, their identity might be separate. Um, I think for me as a three, my identity is intertwined with that. Mm -hmm. And so if the project is successful or whatever I'm trying to do is successful, then I'm successful. Right. right? And so um, if it's not on the flip side, then I struggle with was it me who felt that something or maybe it was was not time for something to move forward. But I would say, you know, one, it's important for achievers to had that sense of succeeding in life, whether it's professional, personal, you know, in their hobbies, within their families. But also for me, I think it's not just about succeeding, it's for others to see that success, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's 
kind of maybe how I get motivated to do things is if I had that energy behind me. I think for me, sometimes I do struggle if one, if something isn't recognized, right? Um, or if we're moving forward on a project and maybe, I don't know, like a challenger, right? Um, so I'm married to a challenger and she's phenomenal. But sometimes like if, if a challenger or somebody who is a, has an analytical mindset, mm-hmm. if they come and throw out ideas that could potentially weaken an idea that maybe we want to push forward, um, I think instinctually, like I could have a the mindset or perception, is this person attacking me? Are they attacking my ideas? Am I not respected? And so I think sometimes that can be difficult. And it's interesting with the three because I may know in my mind that the person, they're just trying to use their strengths to maybe strengthen the idea, but my heart feels something very different, right? And as a three, I think I can bottle that up, right? And put on the persona that, hey, everything is great. I have the courage and the confidence that, yeah, this is still going to move forward. (laughs) But inside, I'm freaking out a little bit because, hey, this person doesn't respect me, the Mm -hmm. idea. And so that can be troublesome. Yes. Oh, gosh, that is such good insight into the mind and heart of a three. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, Megan, how about you? How would you describe this core motivation? Because I think really any type could relate to this idea of wanting to be successful and wanting to be admired and wanting to be respected. How do I discern if that is something that I'm consistently motivated by or if that's something that I maybe I just relate to occasionally? So what would you say? I mean, the best way I would explain it would just be that I want to be seen that I'm doing my my best, you know, that I'm not taking shortcuts or settling. I want to be one that encourages people in their giftings. That is what lights me up. But sometimes I can be that like um, drill sergeant, you know, and I don't like that. Sometimes the thing I don't like about it is that it can be a little arrogant or a little bit about me. And, you know, deep down, yeah, I want to know I'm doing a good job and I'd like to be appreciated for it. But at the same time, um, I hate that persona of look at me, um, respect me, admire me. So how does this core desire of being successful and accomplishing meaningful work show up in your work in a healthy way? And how might it show up in some unhealthy ways? You know, as an achiever, I think some of the the healthy ways is, um, you know, we are a smaller organization. We don't have a lot of staff. And so we are lean at times. And so for me, I look at structure, right? So I look at structure. And if I know that we have these eight projects we're working on and we need to get five of them through the next couple of months, I'm always looking at what are the shortcuts, right? Mm-hmm. What's the reputation of myself and my staff? Mm-hmm. That my staff is always seen positively because they do phenomenal work, right? And so they should get that um, recognition across campus. You know, I think sometimes we do have to look at what are the efficiencies we can implement? Um, if we need to cut corners, what can we cut corners in um, to get a project through, right? Um, and so I think time becomes a necessity. I am very results driven. And if I know that we need to get to the end goal, Sometimes it's all about efficiency on how can we get there. And I know for me personally, uh, so once we get there, I am off on the next thing. And so I think one of the weaknesses in that is, you know, in terms of following up on the project afterward, I don't tend to do that very much. Kind of give you a, an example, you know, uh, we've hired some directors over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so I go out there and I look for the best director over the career center or the student success center, whatever it may be across the US, right? I find them, I bring them to campus, we hire them, all is great for me. And once we hire them, I move on to the next project, right? And so I know one of my weaknesses, and my directors would probably say the same thing, is onboarding is such a crucial thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not the best at always following up with that because now I'm on to the next task, mm-hmm. right? 
I have to now remind myself and make the check boxes to kind of go through. And I have a journal that I work through that helps me organize my thoughts or the items I need to follow up with. But that's something that doesn't naturally come to me. Mm, that's a really good example. Megan, how about you? Where would you say this core desire to be successful shows up in healthy ways and maybe some unhealthy ways at work? Yeah. In a work setting, I think um, you actually hear in the business world often that failures are like a good thing. You're failing forward, right? You're going to have those failures. We have conditioned ourselves to see failures as part of the game, right? Like there, and doesn't make them always easy, especially when money's involved and you're like, whoa, that failure cost me X, Y, Z, right? But I think for me, when I think of that core fear of failure, I think kind of more like long-term. The big reason I am I want to be an entrepreneur is because I want my businesses to make an impact. I want them to make an impact on my family. I want them to make an impact on things that I believe in. You know, I want to be this like more of this generous giver when it comes to entrepreneurship. I want to have this abundant overflow that makes that helps make an impact in, in the world. And I want my kids to be able to go with me on mission trips and I want them to go on awesome vacations. Like that's always been my heartbeat for behind my businesses. And so sometimes I can get caught up in this fear of failure. Like they're going to grow up too fast and we're going to miss these opportunities that I had envisioned. That's very well said. So I'm going to backtrack just a bit because I'd like to touch on what is sometimes underneath this fear of failure for threes. I think on a deeper level, failure feels like someone losing respect for you or trust in your ability to accomplish something or a loss of appreciation for your skill set or your qualities. Brandon, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take us on a little bit of journey. I'll, I'll kind of go back to work. But um, ha- have y'all seen the movie The Greatest Showman? Yes. Oh, yeah. So uh, so there's a song that the performer sings on stage. Um, do you want me to sing it? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You yes. do not um, want me to sing it. <laughs> um, so never enough, right? Yeah. And so um, I, I don't know why, but f- since the movie has come out, one, I think it's a f- amazing soundtrack. So I listen to it occasionally, right? Every time he gets that song, I skip over the song. And so it has caused me like a, a visceral sense of just anxiety where I just, I cannot listen to this song. And so finally, you know, last week I'm driving and I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to it. Right. You know, the artist is describing how all of her accomplishments and accolades are just never going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, it's the exact same sense. And so I've always known it's a beautiful song, but I think maybe subconsciously I was never able to listen to it because those were the values that were being embodied within, you know, my soul. Right. And so I, that's not something that I was really wanting to face in the moment. Um, and so I think right now, one of the things in terms of, you know, I think core failures is, am I enough? I think internally, you know, I think my mind would say, yes, absolutely. I'm enough. God has made me to be enough. And so I am that presence. But the heart, right, sometimes feels something very different. And so if I'm not enough, what's going to help me get to that level where I do feel as though I'm enough? Is it competing in another race? Is it um, painting and um, bringing joys to other, just another canvas, right? Um, is it implementing a lot of projects at work that's... Um, requiring me to work on the weekends or in the evenings and pulling me away from the family, right? I, I think that's the thing that I've been struggling with as a three is, am I enough, mm-hmm. right? And so my mind tells me one thing, my heart tells me something else. Yes. And so the balance and the struggle between the two are something that you know I struggle with personally, 
But then also at work, whenever we are being told to hold off on a project or not to move forward on a project that, you know, we feel it's the right time and we need to move forward on. um, My thought automatically goes to, well, you know, did we not implement the proposal or the process appropriate? Is it my fault? Was I not enough for the project or maybe your expectations? I think those are just natural instincts that kind of pop out um, at work that, you know, threes often struggle with. That is beautifully said. Often the longest distance known to man is the 18 inches between the head and heart. And as you described it, it can it can really be so hard to get the head and the heart on the same page. So I want to end our time together with the question that ties to what you were just talking about. So what advice would you give someone who's maybe listening to this at work and they are really struggling with feeling like they are not enough? Yeah, so I I think for me sometimes, um, yeah, you know, I, I I work in a an organization where there's a structure. I'm not an entrepreneur. Um, I have a lot of respect for that. But I think some ways in my work, I um, you know had that spirit as a three. I think there's a sense of if I am not enough, what does that do for me in my position, right? And so I think sometimes over the last decade, um, there's always been the fear of am I going to get fired? Right. Are they going to try to replace me? Like there's that fear there. Probably not so much over the last year, but um, seven years ago, a mentor of mine, they said, Brandon, I cannot wait for the day when you work and you do not have the fear of ever being fired, just working in your free spirit. And I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. Right. And so it sounds encouraging. Course, uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds amazing. And so like, I think now I'm finally at the speed where, you know, I, I really don't have the fear and, and maybe the fear is still there a little bit, right? But then the other part of me has kicked in that said, I don't care, right? I'm going to do what's best for the organization, for the students, for the leadership. I'm not going rogue or anything else within the organization, but it's a different mindset. And I think it's a healthier mindset. So anybody struggling with that key sense of failure, maybe they're not enough. I would just say you are enough by you know the grace of God. And you know I would hope that you get to the point where... Um, you can operate out of a sense of just living your true self. That is really good. I'm fired up. Megan, how about you? What advice would you give to someone who's just feeling really stuck? Um, I would encourage them going off what Brandon said. Uh, mindset is everything. Um, something that I've done for me that's been life-changing is um, mindset coaching. It's been awesome. I now know more about how to take my thoughts captive. And it's still a daily practice because I can get so caught up in my feelings and be like, where am I right now? I would just encourage them absolutely everything that Brandon said. You are enough. Like God has created you unique and start, you know, doing some thought downloads and getting those 60,000 thoughts that come per day, about 9,600 of them we're aware of. That's about 10 thoughts per minute. You spend a morning of five or 10 minutes just picking a topic and writing down your thoughts and then seeing what's true and what is from the enemy. And then you can like choose the thoughts that line up with God's word because God's word is never going to be to shame you. I would just encourage people to start learning how to captivate their thoughts because it's powerful and life-changing. I started out with some health goals and a couple of years ago after a really close friend um, passed away in a car wreck, I turned to like emotional eating, alcohol, um, just to kind of numb myself and, um, got to a place where I was like, Ooh, 
I don't really like how I feel. I don't like how I look. Um, I don't like that number on the scale. And that had always been a challenge for me, just even in my mind, looking back as a high school athlete or I played a year of college. Um, I just like never appreciated or liked my body or thought it was good enough. Looking back on those pictures, I'm like, dang girl, you should have appreciated that body. You know, <laughs> um, now it's a lot more of a challenge, but I know that even where I'm at right now, which is not at my goal, that when I, when I choose to spend time in God's word and choose to practice the way I think, I mean, it can change your day, you know? I mean, you want to say life-changing, but just boil it down to a day. It can, it can change your morning. Absolutely. I've, I've heard it said that the grass grows wherever you water it. So is your grass going to grow with negativity or is it going to grow with positivity? And what you're saying is that you have control over what you're focusing on or in this analogy, you have control over where you water the grass. And I would even, um, I would even edit that to say it's, what helps me is to think of that as productive thinking. Cause like, we're not always going to be like positive about stuff, right? Like there's gonna be things that suck and you can't pretend they don't, but productive thinking is where it like really kicks me into gear. Like, cause I want to be productive, right? I want to be efficient. I want to like be an achiever and hit goals. And so when I think of productively thinking, I'm like, Oh yeah, that registers with me. This is amazing. I am so excited for our listeners to hear just two different perspectives from a type three We know not all type threes are the same. It's kind of like a color. If the type three were, let's say, green, you two would be different shades of green. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you both so much for coming on the show today and sharing your hearts, sharing your thoughts. And for those of you listening, don't tune out just yet. I have an incredible offer that is only available to the Working Enneagram podcast listeners. conversation with Enneagram 3's Brandon Griggs and Megan Johnston. Mindset is everything. You may remember Megan saying this in our conversation a bit earlier. She also shared that mindset coaching was a life-changing experience for her, which brings me to that exclusive and amazing value offer I was telling you about. First, if you're not familiar with the concept, mindset coaching, as defined by PositivePsychologyToday.com, is the focus on clients' existing beliefs and patterns of thinking. Now, a good mindset coach helps clients become aware of their thoughts and their unintentional stories they're telling themselves so that they can rewrite an intentional story they have control over. I have personally benefited from mindset coaching, so when I heard Megan bring it up in our conversation, I could not help but get really excited. And I got to thinking, Gosh, if Megan and I both had life-changing experiences with this, why not share it with our listeners? If you're interested in learning what it means to take your thoughts captive, or if you want to identify your triggers and learn how to process your emotions, or maybe you just want a personalized roadmap aimed towards your specific goals, then mindset coaching is perfect for you. I have partnered with mindset coaches Jake and Whitney Rail, who have amazing resources and a proven process to help you get mentally unstuck. They are giving all podcast listeners a 15% discount for the first three months of their coaching program, Trust You. 
To get your 15% discount, click the link in the show notes titled Trust You Monthly and use the promo code Working Enneagram, no spaces, all one word. A few things that you'll get in this program when you sign up, you'll have six monthly group coaching sessions, you'll get guided meditations, you'll get coaching on how to capture your thoughts, how to do a thought download, and what to do with those thoughts after you've downloaded them. That's not even half of it. There's still so much more that you'll get access to. So if you're feeling extra bold, you can also take advantage of the 15% discount for the first three years, which is a saving of over $400. So you can get that by clicking on the link in the show notes titled Trust You for Three Years. Using the same promo code, of course, Working Enneagram, no spaces, all one word. They also offer a free seven-day trial before the discounted price even kicks in. So if you have any hesitations, you can totally dip your toe in the water before completely diving in. Thanks for listening. Remember to stay curious and I'll see you next time.